Um, hello, Emmy Kastner. It is so great to be with you here in your studio in Kalamazoo above Factory Coffee. I'm so happy that you're here. I love a visitor. So I feel so lucky that you love a visitor because, you know, sometimes when I, I ride somewhere on my bike, you know, I get there and I can tell that they don't love visitors. <laughs> And then if that was the case, I was just going to get a coffee and go. Right. So, but thank you. I'm a procrastinator at heart, so I think any excuse to take a break, I'm in. Well, you say you're a procrastinator, but you're so prolific. Well, I feel like it's a balance, you know? Is it? Well, how many, how many um, picture books have yeah. you created? So out in the world, there are nine. So wow. I've got an eight-book series. That's the Nerdy Baby series nonfiction science for little ones. And then my first fictional picture book came out last year, in a very big fall. So those are nine. And then I've got a few in the works. So my next book is out in March, uh, While You're Asleep. I almost forgot the name of it. <laughs> I say it about 80 times a day. You're sleeping. Um, <laughs> While You're Asleep. Okay, yeah. well, um, can you tell the story of where, I know that in the fall book, yeah. there are beautiful autumn leaves yes. in the book. Can you tell me the story of how you started drawing those? Yeah. So the first leaf, I painted one leaf, this little orange happy leaf here in my studio. And then um, I just felt like it was a character. There was something there, but I didn't know what. You didn't have a story. I didn't have a story. It was just like, this is a cute leaf. And maybe this leaf needs a whole thing, a whole book. And so my friend Chafe was going down to David Small's studio and I have been a fan of David Small for a very long time. And he invited me to go with him. He's like, and you I hadn't met him? I hadn't met him. I mean, I met him like when I was a kid at a school visit. Um, and so he, um, Chafe invited me down there because he was helping teach David some uh, digital tools and skills. And so anyhow, I went down there and they were working. And I got to sit in David Small's beautiful studio and I mean, I could have probably just sat there and looked around because all the little things, you know, he's got tacked up on the wall and what inspires him. I just was so... As well as his Caldecott as medal. As well as his Caldecott <laughs> medal, some National Book Award thing, like <laughs> another, Cal I don't know. It was like very like, wow, this is beautiful. He's got like a letter from a president in the bathroom. It's all very Ooh. wonderful. Um, so I sat there and I brought some tools and stuff and I was like these leaves and out of his window, the, his studio is right on a river and um, there are these beautiful yellow like oak and this is, it was fall and there were these yellow oak leaves just like radiating and I was like, huh. So I started just to paint some oak trees and look out and kind of paint branches and figure out the look and approach to a, that I wanted my trees to look like that kind of fit with that leaf I'd already done. And then I painted a couple more characters too. And, and I was like, this is the beginning of a book. And uh, his trees were very inspiring. So I sat down too and I kind of like wrote, jotted down some notes of sort of the pace and sort of arc of the picture book that I was thinking. And I wanted it to be as much about fall as the making of art and how looking around kind of inspires you 
to make art and laugh and have that I don't know fall last so anyhow David Small's studio was <laughs> an inspiring place to kind of crack the code and kind of break a story in my head and my heart <laughs> wow so have you always done the art and the writing kind of in tandem a lot of times I try to do the do the manuscript first and then figure out like what the story is and then early on I'll then try to just like maybe draw or paint a couple of the characters to kind of have the look in my head as I'm editing and fine-tuning a manuscript and then from there it's kind of like a real back and forth like I'm working on a book right now about a tortoise and a, a gopher tortoise who digs a burrow and all these other animals and I'm still about to jump into final art and I find myself still editing can text. You tell, can you tell us that funny line you said about the gopher tortoise and the... Yeah, I was reading in a scientific article about the gopher tortoise and a Florida mouse. And they're this sort of symbiotic, you know, relationship between these two species. And in this scientific article, it said that they had been um, burrow mates for millions of years. And sometimes the Florida mouse will leave the gopher tortoise's burrow to go visit the armadillo, but it always comes back. And that's in a scientific article, and I was just like, that's a picture book. So I wrote that book. <laughs> so it's the fictional, it's like a poor plot tale of how the gopher tortoise's burrow is so big because in the real world, there are keystone species, and they, hundreds of species, share this burrow. It's like snakes living with frogs and there's some specific moths that are called like the gopher shell, the, the gopher tortoise shell moth. Like, and who digs the hole? The gopher tortoise. He's, yes. He, he's the, the key to the yes, whole thing. Yes, yes. So digging this burrow and everyone gets a room. <laughs> wow. I know, right? It's a beautiful thing. And so I'm just learning more. I feel like my work is always sort of one toe in like reality in the real world in the non-fictional world and then there's just the fantastical element so there's a toe in some fictional elements that kind of marry storytelling for me wow <laughs> yeah well you also have a toe into an important kalamazoo organization <gasps> read do. and write kalamazoo yes. known as rock rock yes i remember that picture of you like, remember forever ago when we first launched? So this is, we just had the 10-year anniversary, which is wild that it's been around for 10 years. But yeah, my friend Ann Hensley and I um, decided to, we had talked a lot about, oh, someday we should have a writing center. There was this existing writing center, well, a series of them, a bunch of chapters across the U.S. that Dave Eggers had started called 826. Oh, right. Yeah. There's one that was in Ann Arbor right Yes, now. yes, yeah. like the robot repair. And they all have this facade, the storefront, and then the writing centers in the back. And so very inspired by that. Living out in San Francisco, there's the pirate supply store. And so you go in, and it's like you can buy a wooden leg. You can buy oranges to, like, not get scurvy. And you can buy student um, youth, like, published work. And so I just thought that model was so cool. So when we moved back, Anna and I were like, reconnected and I was like I want to do a writing now who's center. that who's Anne so Anne Hensley she's a local icon mm -hmm. <laughs> has done a lot of different things and so she's a writer and an artist and we were like oh someday yeah she's like I would love to do a writing like a writing youth writing center 
And so finally we were like, well, let's just do it now. Why are we waiting? What's the, what's the wait? So we kind of just figured it out, the two of us, how to start a nonprofit and how to get it off the ground and how to reach out. And we had some big dreams and, you know, we were just like figuring it out and gathering people who could support and so you volunteer. didn't start you didn't start out with like a giant donor who said i'll pay oh, no. for everything oh I, wouldn't that be nice <laughs> <laughs> oh that would have been lovely no we kind of had to like prove ourselves and show that we were really the work that we were doing that we wanted to do was really having an impact and you know and it's a hard thing to quantify like confidence as a writer you know for a student who you know, has only seen writing in the terms of like getting a grade in a classroom. And so, but we know that like bolstering confidence and amplifying and celebrating youth voices, it's like there's something powerful in that and trying to figure out how to, you know, get donors and folks to like. I didn't think of that, but you're right. Writing and also writing is something that it takes so long for you to get good at. Yeah. That you can't necessarily show like, this is the improvement yes. in our students. It's more the attitude of the students. Yes, yes. And the excitement of yes. the students. And the fact that like we, we are able to get students who come back and who are excited and who are, you know, and I think a huge part of that is the work that Rock's doing to publish student work. And there's power in seeing your words printed in other people's hands that aren't your mom or your grandma, <laughs> or, you know, and so just figuring that out. So for a long time, it was just the two of us with a team of volunteers and friends who were sending us their kids who trusted us to like, yeah, you're doing it, you know? And so now Anne and I have both, you know, sort of passed the baton on and um, Candace Lavender is the current executive director. And, and doing, so you, you yeah. originally met in this very studio where you're working. Yes, yes. So we had rock workshops up here and fundraising, events up here and so um in your building because yes you, you and needed a space and, and we needed a space and it just kind of all worked out and you know and then lincoln elementary is kind of like you know a stone's throw away over there and so that was where we launched our rock readers room so we're supporting students during the school day and not just like outside of school. And so, I didn't know that. So they gave yeah. you a room yeah. that you could fill with books and yes, yes. And, and pulling teaching students. And yes, and so we have a staff. We have coordinators. Now. Like Rock staff has grown, and it's so cool. It's just started the two so of us. So somebody's actually in the in that Someone's school job is part time be, or full time yeah, or yeah. okay is in the school and working with their principal Tiana Roberts on you know building um, a community around books and excitement around storytelling and it's just it's a really cool thing so it's it's like dreaming something up and then it becoming even bigger than you can you even thought it could be it's more than just the two of us it's beyond us now and I love that that I can go into like rock and people don't necessarily know that I have anything to do with it <laughs> <laughs> into the office it's on Bert which street? it's on Vine and um Westnitch, Westnitch yeah. right. Yeah, that's actually a good location. It actually. truly is. Yeah. And that was part of the thing. We were like, okay, we want to have like a high traffic, visible location, especially having a storefront. And the storefront is now going under um, kind of like a revamp, um, very like youth led. And it's going to be all youth entrepreneurs selling wow. their stuff and rock, um, uh, you know, books and merchandise and whatnot. But 
it's a very cool thing and it's oh. Candace is doing like incredible work in you know building a staff and a whole culture around reading and writing in a way that like we could never have done so I'm so excited yeah <laughs> and so be an you ambassador. get to be here in your studio instead yes, I'm just making books <laughs> <laughs> which is wonderful and you know how it goes sometimes stressful but most of the time lovely everyone's always like what's your favorite book i'm like the one i just finished because the work is done i think that's a terrible question when people ask that because like well who's your favorite child exactly exactly well i don't want to hurt anybody's exactly. feelings they're all lovely in their own ways <laughs> right but yeah so i'm just so happy and then to connect with you again. Well, it's important for writers to get together, isn't it? It is because, yeah. I always think, you know, I'm always trying to get time alone. I'm like, I need to spend more time alone. And then I find I'm desperate to talk to other people who are having the who are going through the writer stuff. Yes. And just to learn from each other and hear experiences. It's such a, a like a specific career you know as far as the, the like the twists and turns of navigating life as a writer and what that looks like and you know it's well since we're all rich right right, <laughs> right. that's i do a lot of school visits whenever there's a q a there's always a tiny little hand up are you rich <laughs> if i'm a writer am i gonna get lots of money some do <laughs> There's some rich writers out there. I just learned that there are a lot of picture books in the world. There truly are. There really are a lot of them. There really are. And I know this because I talked to Betsy Betsy Bird, oh, who, yeah, who yeah, reviews yeah. them. Yes. And yes, she yes. said, you would be astounded at how many there are from big presses and small presses. And you're now with big press. Mm -hmm. You're with mm -hmm. big presses. And there's mm -hmm. advantages and disadvantages oh, of sure. that. Yeah. And... Um, but it's great news for kids, isn't it? It is. It is. And it, and that reality is like, not that I'm like thinking about it all the time, but I think subconsciously it drives you to want to make something exceptional, you know, like not to have like, so, you know, it is a laborious task to make sure that like the story, the characters, the art, the whatever, all the little bells and whistles of the book, you know, every little thing, every decision to be made, it's like want something that's important and good you know I feel like that's what we're all doing you know I agree, I agree and I think we were just talking before about being perfectionists yeah and I think because there are so many books I I often feel like the world doesn't need another mediocre book from me exactly because there's plenty of books that are just fine right. so unless it's something kind of exceptional maybe I don't need I don't even need to write it right and I have like my thing is I'm constantly writing down notes for potential books I have many ideas for books and that's often my first filter it's like does the world need this book like is it you know what what is it about it that it resonates or it's funny or whatever it is about that thing you know um it's funny like with the fir my first books the science books uh my kids, you know, when you learn to read and they're just repeating 
the words. They're memorizing the story, you know, and they could read you the book, but they're not really reading, but that is reading, you know. Anyhow, um, I just thought it was so cute. Like, it was like an elephant and piggy book and my middle daughter, or I don't even know which one of them at this point, but one of them was just repeating the lines. And I was like, oh, that'd be so cute if it was like science facts. I don't like, you know, like just repeating, you know, like, I don't even know, like Jupiter has, you know, 79 moons or whatever. Like, I just thought that would be so, I was like, someone should write that book. And I was like, oh, I've been talking about making books and that's a goal. And I want to make, I'm like, I should write that book. And so I don't know. So it rang true. And then making those books, they're hard now. It's like the zeitgeist of things, too. Like, all of a sudden, there were, like, a lot of science books for little kids. There are a lot of science books Which for is, little kids. Isn't yeah, that great? It is so great. And I love, like, that my books live on a shelf with other books, too, that, sure, have the same information, but a different approach or different, obviously, illustrations or, you know. And I feel like they all live in community together, and I love that. But Are you a science person? Yeah, my... My high school, my college degree is in secondary education in earth science and English. Because I was like, I'm going to be a high school teacher. I want to make books. I want to do a lot of things. And my emphasis was in playwriting. And I was like convinced I was going to like write plays and teach during the day, you know. And I had this whole plan. But I like science a lot. And I feel like I'm just a very curious person. And I want, I changed my major like seven times. <laughs> I was like, I started out in journalism, and I was like, oh, no, I like to make things up. Me too. I started out in journalism. <laughs> you did? Yeah, yeah. And I was just like, oh, no, I want to make things up. I, the world's too dark. I just need to lighten it up a bit. And so, you know, and then I changed elementary education. I was like, oh, no, secondary. Anyhow. So you're a renaissance woman. I just want to do it all. I know. I, I do think writers have to, you have to have this broad, broad base of knowledge because you have to, you have to, like, Put yourself out there as kind of an expert about in order to write a book about something you oh, have for sure. to become an expert and when you're reading even like a fictional novel you know it's like you have to include world building stuff you know so like knowing plants names or knowing you know geography or whatever it is it's like it all is connected and i feel like that's part of the i do feel beauty. like american writers have to know their plants and birds and right? animals. I think we have to. It's just important. Yeah. I just am like, it's funny, like, and the details that get poured over, like the time and the research, like the gopher tortoise was, I originally found that researching my book about rocks because I wanted to have this cutaway spread of this underground world. And I was like, but I want to include some animals that are underground that you wouldn't expect. And then I like, oh, I found this gopher tortoise and I got went to this whole rabbit hole of like information and research and stuff and learned all about that and was very much like oh my gosh and then that spread got cut and we never used anything from it but it's like all that research so I'm glad that I'm making the book now but the time and effort for all the details and you know in telling a story and all you were thinking of is like wonder what could be underground we need an animal <laughs> exactly a chipmunk no let's see what else I can <laughs> dig up oh <laughs> Wow. Well, gosh, thank you so much for talking to me. This has been really fun in I'm your so, studio. Not only do we get to talk, you gave me your arc of your new book. I'm oh, so excited. Oh, yeah. Isn't that crazy? With a thousand mistakes in it, you I tell everybody. You say that. <laughs> I'm sure it's You'll find five comma errors on the first page. Good. Good. <laughs> I like that. 
or four maybe, but oh, still. Gosh. You're like not counting. <laughs> not, <laughs> not that, that I'm counting, <laughs> no. All right. Well, okay. Well, um, goodbye, America. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs>